over to the English Premier League with action currently on the go. Manchester City are leading Brighton 3-0. West Ham are leading Norwich 2-0. Newcastle and Watford are currently t- tied at one all. Chelsea are leading 2-1 over Sheffield United. And Crystal Palace and Aston Villa are currently tied at no all. Leicester City are currently leading Bournemouth 2-1. And action tonight, kicking off at half six, we'll have a Brandy FC taking on Liverpool. Now the London derby takes a centre stage tomorrow. Very excited about this one. Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal in action. Now it's very difficult to say Tottenham Hotspur are in a bad form um, considering the fact that we are only three games into the new season. But there is definitely something that is not right with them at the moment. Arsenal will be hoping to take advantage in the North London derby taking place tomorrow and that is Sunday. Now this goes back to and perhaps stems from Marisha Pochettino's comments and demeanor about not having any real say at the club, but if they're not careful, an average start could turn into a disappointing season come the end of the 2019-20 campaign. The Christian Eriksen situation is perhaps more damaging in the short term, though. For sure, Spurs, um, quite simply, he has to play in the North... Uh, I mean, for Spurs, pardon me, he simply has to play in the North London derby tomorrow, and the end of the European transfer window cannot come quick enough. Now, joining us on the line to discuss discuss this very exciting uh, derby taking place tomorrow is international football journalist Faraz Patel. Faraz, good afternoon. Welcome to the Touchline. Yeah, good afternoon, Davi Singh, and to your listeners also. Now, before we get into um, the London derby, I'm going to talk about an issue that has been weighing heavily on my heart for, well, I I think (laughs) since the season started, and that is Manchester United. Um, Having lost against Crystal Palace drawing against Wolves and Southampton today and only winning 4-0 over Chelsea in their last four games. <sighs> what is going wrong? Is anything going wrong? Are we too quick to assume that there is a problem considering the fact that they ended the season very well um, last campaign under Ole? No, I think there's been a problem with Manchester United ever since Ed Woodward took charge <laughs> of transfers ever since the Glazers gave him so much of power, obviously, in terms of being the vice chairman. And what we need to remember of Ed Woodward is that he's a great commercial person. Uh, He was obviously recommended by J.P. Morgan. We made quite a lot of money for being an accountant and obviously the recommendation to the Glazers who took him. And immediately after Sir Alex Ferguson and, of course, David Gill left the club, then, you know, Ed Woodward was given the opportunity to go ahead and handle the transfers, and it has been a mitigating disaster from the start. And once again in these last few seasons, Manchester United, in terms of their transfers, has been a mitigating disaster. Mm. We only need to look at the season and, of course, the uncertainty that is surrounding Paul Pogba. You know, it's there for all to see. Today, his performance, he just lacked the desire. He lacked the, the will to go ahead and really change Manchester United's fortunes in the game. There was nothing there. I mean, you have a teenager in Daniel James. is probably Manchester United's only saviour right now. He's got, what, three goals in, of course, the four appearances that he's played for Manchester United. And he really does only look like the bright spark. You know, you sell Romero Lukaku for £75 million pounds, and you haven't replaced him with an out-in-out number nine. I mean, Anthony Martial has been playing hot and cold, so you just really don't know what to go with him. Jesse Lungard, in all honesty, doesn't have the quality, I think, to help Manchester United. And Marcus Rashford, I tell you what, if there's so much of weight on someone's shoulders, it's definitely on Marcus Rashford to go ahead and get the goals. 
Alexis Sanchez is gone on loan. Mm. I mean, he really never contributed for Manchester United. You can count the goals on your fingers or even the assists on your fingers to what Alexis Sanchez has contributed to Manchester United. A £500,000 man who's gone on loan. Manchester United still have to carry some of his salary, which is, of course, the agreement between them and Inter Milan. It seems as if United right now are heading for a disaster. The club is not being well run. Again, you know, it's down to Ed Woodward. The Glazers seem very, very distant. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you know, the fact that he was given the contract back in March, why didn't Manchester United wait until June mm. to probably get a proper man-manager, somebody like Massimiliano Allegri, who could have man-managed the players right now because it looks as if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't have the backbone to coach this Manchester United team. So what you're saying is that Alexis Sanchez was not really a loss to Man United? No, it's not a loss to Manchester United because what did he contribute? I mean, the man had so many injuries. I mean, when he was signed for Manchester United, of course, we all remember the uh, piano incident where he played Glory Glory Man United. That was it. That was the only thing that Manchester United fans remember of Alexis Sanchez. There is nothing that, you know, United fans can look at and say, well, what has Alexis contributed? And look, he goes to Inter Milan, you know, if the correct medical team works on his current injury right now, he could be uh, an asset for Inter Milan in the long term if they decide to extend his loan deal or go ahead and make it permanent. But right now, Manchester United's problems are bigger than Alexis Sanchez. Mm. Of course, the Harry Maguire, you know, £80 million transfer, one needs to remember that's the market right now. So, I mean, you can't complain about that. And I think Maguire in the long term could be a huge asset for Manchester United. But you just look at the team right now. Chris Smalling gone on loan. He could have stayed potentially to be uh, you know, a backup or a squad player just in case injuries hit the likes of uh, Victor Lindelof and, of course, Harry Maguire. You've got Eric Bayou who's out for I don't know how long. So the problems of Manchester United are there. And I think the fact that they've got, what, only four, five points from, of course, you know, the games that they've played so far in the four games speaks of Manchester United, the management, of course, on field and, of course, from the higher level, boardroom level. Right, Faraz, I'm going to ask you to hold on the line for me. There's still so much to talk about. Um, we just have to pay some bills and we'll be back um, straight after this. Prices. Prices are going to price. The fuel price is going to rise. So will the price of groceries. Only Absa Rewards gives you as much as 20% cash back with our grocery partners and as much as 20% when you fill up or shop at Cecil. So when prices rise, get more out of your money every day with Absa. That's Africanacity. Download an account in our banking app and join Absa Rewards to get cash back. SMS Rewards to 31513 and we'll call you back. TNC Apply. Absa is an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Join the party on Top Billing this Saturday evening at 6 as Zulu singer-songwriter Simi takes a musical voyage on her new album. Miss S.A. Zozibini Tunzi moves into her dazzling Santon crib and wedding maestro Alate Swanepoel sets a housewarming date then gives his team two months to renovate his new place. That's Top Billing this Saturday at 6. Repeat midday Sunday on SABC3. The stage is set, and it's time to own it. Yes, you, the future MCs that make winter events worth it. The ambassadors that change brands from maybes to must-haves. And the brymasters that put the grrr in flame grilled. Yes, the stage is yours. Own the stage with handy tips from Presenter Search. Wednesdays at 7.30. The next brand ambassador. Thursdays at 7.30. And tires and buyers Wednesdays and Thursdays at 8.30. Only on SABC3. 
the stage is yours. Own it. 18 minutes before the hour six. Welcome back to the Touchline on Radio 2000, our music, your memories. Faraz, thank you so much for holding um, on for me and welcome back. Now, we were talking about um, Chris Smalling and you were just saying um, how much he could have been a backup player for Ole. How much of a loss is he to, to um, for the team? Well, I think he's a squad player loss. I mean, if you look at Chris Smalling over the last few seasons, I mean, He's been one of the defensive errors of Manchester United, him along with Phil Jones and, of course, Ashley Young. But, you know, you, you kind of look at it and Manchester United don't really have much depth within their squad. Now, if Manchester United are serious about pushing for their top four, he could have helped in terms of just squad depth. There's, of course, the Europa League that they are contesting in and that probably could be a competition that Manchester United may need to take seriously if they fall out of the top four race in order for them to qualify for the Champions League. And, of course, the other competitions, you know, if United are out of the Europa League, if they're far away, of course, of challenging for a top four, then, of course, the FA Cup and the League Cup comes into the equation for Manchester United to have some sort of silverware. So, yes, he's a squad player, but he was never going to be a first-team player, no matter what, because you still have the likes of Harry Maguire. If Eric Bailly does recover from injury, he's locked in. And, of course, you still have Victor Lindelof. Mm. Now, uh, back to Sanchez now. He left um, United on loan for Inter Milan, joining former teammate um, Romelu Lukaku. Can Inter Milan be seen as a meaning business this season, if I may? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, you have to look at Antonio Conte. And I mean, Mm. the man who started the dominance, obviously, from 2012 right up until, obviously, last season for Juventus, is Antonio Conte, the man who started the trend. And if... You know, funny enough, it would be great if he would be the guy to break uh, Juventus' dominance. But you need to look at Inter Milan. I mean, they've made some they've made some interesting signings. He's got the players that he's wanted. Obviously, Ivan Perisic has left. Radia Nainkolan has left. Uh, we need to look at the situation with Mauro Icardi. There's just two days left, obviously, for the entire European transfer winner to end. He's got Lukaku. He's got Sanchez. He's got a midfielder called Sensi. Uh, he's got uh, Parella, who's there also in the midfield. You've got Asamoa there. I mean, they beat, obviously, Lecce 4-0 uh, in the opening day of the Serie A season. So there was a statement that was given there with regards to Inter Milan. And if Romeo Lukaku can get the service, you know he can get the goals. Now, the question over Lukaku is the same question that was asked of Manchester United. Can he deliver in the big games? Can he deliver against the Napolis, the Juventus, mm. obviously, in the Milan derby against Roma? If he can do that, then, of course, the $75 million bet uh, Inter, uh, Inter Milan have paid for Lukaku will definitely re- be rewarded there. So it's going to be interesting to see. But if there's one man who is a proper pragmatist, a man who knows how to win domestic uh, campaigns, you saw Conte do it with Chelsea. He did it with Juventus for about three to four seasons. So mm-hmm. the question will be, can he do it now with Inter Milan and break the dominance of the Bianconeri? Hmm. Let's now speak on... Uh a player who is one of my favorites, um, as I, may I add, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, mm. What are the chances of us seeing him um, returning to Manchester United to solve these striking um, problems from the MLS? Because he's doing very well what, as well. I tell you what, Zlatan, if he walks into Manchester United, he'll be the starting striker. That's how low uh, the bar has been lowered with mm. regards to Manchester United. Look, I mean, there's a lot of economics that you need to look at it. Uh, LA Galaxy have invested a lot of money in Zlatan Ibrahimovic. They see him as the brand for them at this very moment. I mean, his comments of, you know, the, of the MLS not being on par with Europe, of course, he made a few comments of a teammate 
we said he doesn't deserve to play in the MLS. He deserves to play in the you know the higher leagues of Europe. So I tell you what, uh, the chances of it could happen. Of course, it can only happen on the first of January 2020, mm. where of course you know the uh, winter transfer window opens in Europe and Zlatan can make the move to Manchester United. But if he does, I tell you what, he could be an upgrade even at the age of 37 or 38. Mm an upgrade of Rashford, Lingard, and of course, Anthony Martial. And he comes there, he brings the charisma, he brings the leadership, and he kind of will uplift the bit of Manchester United immediately. And speaking of returns, um, are we likely to somewhere, somehow, see um, Neymar Jr. return to Barcelona? A lot has been said about that, moving from PSG. Yeah, again, that's... You know, it's a lot of economics. I mean, he's been left out of the PSG team. Mm. I mean, we saw a few weeks ago in a defeat in the French League game that the French or the Paris Saint-Germain ultras are saying that Neymar should leave the club. And when the ultras speak, you know, that's a strong message coming from one of the strongest supporters, of course, from La Parisians. Now, of course, what we heard this week is that Joseph Bartomeu and, of course, Nasser Al-Khalifi and Leonardo Nasser Al-Khalifi, Leonardo, the representatives of PSG, and of course, Joseph Bartomeu, the president of Barcelona, sitting in Monaco negotiating the deals. Now, these are the reports that are coming that he's offered three players plus 150 million pounds. Now, the three players are reportedly Ivan Rakitic, Usman Dembele, and of course, Nelson Semedo. Now, Ivan Rakitic, uh, it seems as if he's indisposable right now at Barcelona because a lot of people like him at the club. And he's a good midfielder and he brings great leadership. Usman Dembele has an injury mm-hmm. and we don't know how long he's going to take to recover. Now, obviously, no club wants to take an injured player. Nelson Semedo seems to be a guy that Ernesto Valverde trusts in that right-back position. So it's a bit difficult for that to happen right now. Now, do remember, sometimes board members will speak within Barcelona of wanting to get a player. This is the president of Barcelona speaking and saying mm-hmm. he wants Neymar. He's made it categorically clear publicly that he wants Neymar to join the club. And when he says that, you know it has to happen. So it's all down to economics. We've got 48 hours in Derby saying before this happens, I think there's going to be a rabbit out of the head. And also, there's Florentino Perez of Real Madrid who's also monitoring the Neymar situation. Mm-hmm. Neymar wants to leave, it's clear. Paris Saint-Germain wants him out, it's clear. The question is, who will blink first in terms of getting this transfer done? And those hours you're talking about are just not enough. It's never enough, 48 hours. I tell you what, Neymar's sitting somewhere in Paris right now, just hoping and praying that this deal can get through. And I tell you what, if it does return to Barcelona, attacking-wise, I think they will be quite huge. Look, you've got Luis Suarez, who's out of injury. I mentioned Usman Dembele, who's out of injury. Uh, Antoine Griezmann wouldn't mind having somebody like Neymar coming through and assisting him, of course, for the rest of the La Liga season. And you still have a certain Lionel Messi who can definitely go ahead and contribute with so many goals, so many assists, and of course the leadership ability. Mm. Now for us, let's move on to a totally different league, the EPL. Um, I did mention that um, Man City are leading over Brighton. And uh, coach Pep Guardiola did come out complaining about the transfer window closing differently um, in Europe as opposed to um, others. What did he mean by that? Well, I think, you know, funny enough, it was Arsene Wenger, was it three or four seasons ago, who said the English Premier League needs to close the window before the English Premier League season starts because he was afraid uh, that his players, you know, Arsene Wenger's players, would leave. But, you know, I completely agree with Pep Guardiola. I just find it quite, you know, it's very, very silly that the English Premier League would go ahead and close their, their transfer window, you know, a couple of days before the Premier League season starts. I feel that 
they need to be on par with Europe. They play in the Champions League. You know, anyone could just snap anyone from the English Premier League and those Premier League clubs won't be able to go ahead and shop. So I completely agree with him. The English Premier League needs to adapt and follow the pattern, of course, of the rest of Europe in order to make sure that they don't fall behind in terms of making transfers. Right, for that, for us, um, kindly hold on for me. We're going to pay some bills and when we come back, we talk the, the, the London Derby. The SABC celebrates women this August and all they are capable of as they strive for excellence across the various fields and break new ground. Hashtag she is power. Batung Tandi, how have you been? Oh, here it's been really bad. I'm still trying to get help for Tabo. We finally got the help we needed at Men's Clinic International. Lucky you. At Men's Clinic International, we help men with their most personal problems. SMS help to 32110 or send a please call me to 072-315-2574. T's and C's apply. SMS cost one rand. Nine minutes before the hour six, it is the touchline with myself and Tabi Mamabolo. Um, about ten minutes left of the show, and I'm still joined on the line by international football journalist Faraz Patel. Um, Faraz, welcome back to the show. Now, we're talking the very exciting Limpopo um, London derby, pardon me. And um, I was speaking of it with my producer that I, I just feel as though that the London derby does not have that that thing that it used to have. It does not have that, that flair anymore. Am I right in saying that? Well, it depends on where you're looking at. In terms of flair, well, both these teams haven't been challenging <laughs> for a Premier League title for quite some time. Obviously, we talked of Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspur together challenging for the, uh, for the title. But I tell you what, you only need to watch Arsenal fan TV or you only need to be at the stadium to understand how big this derby is. And, of mm-hmm. course, both teams, well, you know, they haven't had quite the scintillating start of the season. Arsenal, of course, getting the wins, not that convincing, then losing to Liverpool last week. And then, of course, Tottenham Hotspur, you know, they beat Aston Villa, all mm-hmm. beat by some sort of a reactive uh, display that they had against Villa in the opening weekend. Then, of course, they went ahead, drew against Manchester City, mm-hmm. which they would take as some sort of positive and then, of course, the shock that they had last week against uh, Newcastle United. So I tell you what, both teams will be gunning for victory because they need it in order to get some sort of momentum for the rest of the season. And we look at these results that you're talking about. Um, Tottenham winning over Aston Villa, drawing against uh, with Man City, and losing against Newcastle. And Arsenal, on the other hand, winning over Burnley and uh, Newcastle and losing um, to Liverpool. Looking at this play that the clubs are displaying of late, who do you think has the upper hand tomorrow as we head into the London derby? Well, I think Arsenal, probably, they still need to sort out their defence. Uh, you know, they've got a great uh, front three should they start, uh, you know, in the likes of Aubameyang, Lacazette, and of course uh, Pepe. But, you know, they need to try and find a balancing act. And I've got one of the three are going to drop in order to make sure that Dani Ceballos, who's kind of had a good start to the season, you know, will be accommodated. But I think you need to look at Tottenham Hotspur, and of course, you know, before you uh, started the discussion with me, you know, you spoke about the Daniel Levy, Mauricio Pochettino situation. Now, Mauricio Pochettino has taken Spurs to a whole new level, of course. They've mm. been in the top four, they've been playing in the Champions League, and of course, they got to the, the, the final of the European Cup last season. But I think the bigger problems are 
you know, the injury crisis and, of course, the contracts. Now, we need to look at the first contract, and that's Christian Eriksen. In the next 48 hours, he could be moving away from Tottenham Hotspur. There's a potential of that happening because there still is a contract dispute with regards to him. Jan Vertonghen, who is the vice-captain of Tottenham Hotspur, there's still huge uncertainty on whether he will be staying or, of course, he'll be going away with 48 hours to go. You know, both of them have been left out. Now, Mauricio Pochettino has no say in the transfer. Mm. Remember, he is the manager, and he's made it quite clear, you know, quite a few months ago, you know, during the tour of the United States for the International Champions Cup, that he does not make the decisions with regards to the transfers. It's down to Daniel Levy. Now, they did sign a couple of players, of course, Ndombele and Lochelso. And, of course, Ndombele has been starting, but Lochelso is out through injury. There's no Dele Ali, which means there's no creative spark that's mm-hmm. coming within that Tottenham Hotspur team. And, of course, Harry Kane, isolated by in front, along with Hong Ming Sung, it just seems to be a pattern within Tottenham Hotspur that doesn't seem to be working. And I think Mauricio Pochettino will need Eriksen and Fredongan to return. The question is, does he start them? If he mm-hmm. does start them, then I think Tottenham Hotspur have a chance tomorrow. But in all honesty, the way it's looking right now, with the match being at the Emirates Stadium, but the fan base, I think, really going to be getting behind the Arsenal. I think Arsenal are going to go ahead and get the win tomorrow. Mm. Still on that, Amparaz, are there any key players we need to specifically look out for tomorrow from the respective teams, players, playmakers, if I may? Well, I think, you know, let's look at Arsenal. You know, if, if they do start the front three, I think it will be quite exciting. You know, Pepe, like I said, Aubameyang, mm. and of course, Danny Ceballos. But they need to find a balancing act because that much the defense, excuse me, of Arsenal just doesn't seem to be looking good, you know. You know, David Luiz, I mean, he's a good ball player, but he's just really not a good defender. And last week, when he got torn apart by Mohamed Salah, I think there was a classic example of just a type of defender that he is. But I think, you know, looking at Tottenham Hotspur, if they do start Christian Eriksen, if they do start Jan Pretongan, I think that they will have a chance. But it just doesn't seem as if it's happening because, again, you know, the press conference of Mauricio Pochettino, there seems to be uncertainty of those two players. And if the uncertainty continues of Tottenham Hotspur, coupled with the results not going that way, you would have to lean towards Arsenal getting the win. Now, for us, before I let you go, um, a quick one. Who is winning the London Derby tomorrow? Who's walking away with the maximum points? I think it's definitely going to be Arsenal. I can't give you a scoreline, <laughs> but the last time they played, of course, you know, Tottenham Hotspur had a 2-1 lead, and then Arsenal, in a space of 15 minutes, 5-3 goals in to obviously win the game, and you could see how much it meant to them. It was down to Luca Torreira, Aubameyang got a goal, and of course, like I said, got a goal. So, the way you're looking, it, you're looking at it, if the momentum's not with Tottenham Hotspur, which it seems right now, and even with Arsenal losing, you know, they've actually had a, quite a decent start despite not playing well to the, to the season. They get the win tomorrow, and I think it won't be as, uh, you know, how would I say, one-sided as it was last season, where it obviously ended up 4-2 to Arsenal. I think it'll be quite close, but I think Arsenal will get the job done. Alrighty, Faraz, thank you so much for your time. I'm hoping Arsenal does not disappoint you tomorrow because I will be giving you a call. <laughs> not a problem, Davison. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that was Faraz Patel, international football journalist, saying Arsenal will definitely win the London derby tomorrow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's how we come to the